We're going everybody to the Wiregrass High School Football Report brought to you by the radio people. This is your weekly look at all things high school football in the Wiregrass. I'm your host, Philip Jordan, the in-studio host and producer for Dothan Wolves Football on 96.9, The Legend. You can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review. Leave a review. Read it on a future edition of the show. You can also listen to the podcast on the 95.5 WTVY, 96.9 The Legend, and 106.7 KMX apps. Apps are very easy to use. Once you upload the app, the podcasts are down there at the bottom of the screen. Got a fun show plan for you guys today i'm first going to be joined by slocum head coach richard tisdale they are coming off a big victory this past friday night against providence christian where they won 44 to 14 and then later on in the show i'll be joined by dothan wolves play-by-play man on 96.9 the legend jerry coleman to talk about the dothan wolves season so far so let's go ahead and kick it off first with slocum head coach richard tisdale Everybody joining me first this week on the Wiregrass High School Football Report is Richard Tisdale. He is the head coach of the Slocum Red Tops, who were victorious on Friday night against Providence Christian, 44-14. to And uh, Coach Tisdale, do appreciate you taking the time and uh, come on the show. Yes, sir, Phil. Thanks for having me. I appreciate what you do for uh, high school sports. Oh, anytime, anytime. Glad to have you on. I know you were a guest on an episode last season. And just first off, congratulations to you and your team uh, for the win on Friday night. I appreciate that. I was really proud of our boys. Um, you know, it was a it was a close game early, and the guys played hard. And we had some some setbacks and and kept playing. So I, I was extremely proud of how hard they played. Oh, when you you know your first region game of the year, getting that victory, how big is that to start off region play with a victory, getting one and zero? It's huge. Um, it's huge any year. Our region's always tough and kind of you know every year since I've been in the region, I think it's coming to a tiebreaker, so you get to go in the playoffs. Um, so it's always big to get that win but especially this year with all the unknowns out there um honestly you just don't know who you're going to dress out each week and so um get them when you can it's always what you want to do but especially this year it's huge and kind of gives you a, a little bit of breathing room but in this region not much uh, and of course on friday night you guys had a 16-0 lead uh, going into halftime and just i want to start on the defense side of the ball what did you see out of your defense uh, for friday night Man, I was really proud of our defense. As far as a complete game, it may be the best they played since I've been here. Um, we had a couple letdowns early. We started off the game with a three and out, so that was awesome. A great way to start. Um, Providence did a good job moving the ball down the field on us. And to be honest, we, we busted a coverage, and they had a guy wide open just couldn't quite connect. Um, we ended up getting a stop there. And then later, they drive all the way down the field, uh, get in the red zone, and then we end up shooting the ball and, and getting the ball back from them. So that was two big plays for our defense in the first half to keep them at zero. It could have easily been 16-14 at halftime. But, um, again, our defense stepped up when they needed to and, and really put us in the driver's seat in the second half. Uh, where have you have you seen a difference, you know, with your defense from the you know first week coming into the season and now after you've played uh, three games? Um, you know, Coach Harrington's our defensive coordinator, and he does a great job. And a lot of it, we had some inexperienced um, guys in a certain places and, and getting them a little game experience. You know, you just can't simulate uh, game speed. And so those guys getting a little bit more game experience, I think, has helped us. We developed some more depth. Instead of having to put the same guys out there the whole night, we're getting some guys to rotate. Um, you know, Geneva, we had a big letdown that game second half, and, and I take blame for that. I think some of it is we just kind of got worn out. And so – We've got some guys really stepped up to play to give us some more depth, especially on the defensive line, outside linebacker, 
And um, that's, that's letting us play a little bit fresher the second half. And so we're just improving each week. And, and Coach Herring's doing a great job of the game plan, getting our guys ready um, to be prepared to play. You know, our region, we see every offense in the sun. You see the single wing. You see air raid. Um, so it's not like college where you can just get ready for three-by-one every week. It's, it's something totally different each week. So it, it's tough to be a defense coordinator in small school football. Yeah, I would imagine in, in like when you say you're seeing different defenses every week and you only have so much time to prepare, so it's it's got to be a, an interesting challenge each and every week preparing for these offenses. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I don't think you can be very successful running a flavor of the week defense. You've got to base out of somewhere and have a starting point. Um, but then, then be um, able to adjust and, and get to where you see, like, Providence is too tight and run the ball right at you. But later in the year, we'll see Op, who doesn't run a tight end, and they spread it all over, and they probably throw it you know, 80% of the time. Um, in, in high school, you know, you don't have personnel subs in small school anyway. And so the 11 they have out there is who they're going to have. So you don't always know when they're going to go to a heavy set or a spread set. So you've got to be able to be multiple within your own system of, of defense. And so it, it's tough to do at this level, but I think it goes back to having good fundamentals and playing hard. Something we try to stress with our kids is we try to do a good job teaching as, as coaches the fundamentals and then getting those guys to play hard and execute. And I think that's – a lot of times in high school, that's a lot more effective than where your guy lines up. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, a uh, good rushing performance from your team uh, led by uh, James – uh, Jalen Nobles with 237 yards and three touchdowns of 23 carries, but you also had Rashawn Miller had 109 in the game as well. Uh, talk about how's the running game able to get itself going that well on a uh, on Friday night? Uh, those guys do a really good job, but but you know it's not just coach speak, but it really starts with up front. Mm-hmm. We got four senior offensive linemen up there. Uh, Jared Hendricks is our center and kind of anchors us up there. Um, and those guys do a really good job. They don't get rattled. Uh, to be honest with you, Providence came out in a totally different front than they've ever ran against us. Usually they're an even front team, and they came out in an odd front and a bare front, what I call zero and threes. And we had seniors up there, and they didn't get rattled. And they kept doing what they do and opened up some run lanes. And then you have Jalen and Rashawn in the backfield who just run the ball so hard, uh, do a great job. They're unselfish, you know, when you have two guys that are good. Um, you got to spread the wealth a little bit. And those guys, if one of them has a big night, the other one's just as excited, and that's huge. And then our quarterback, Colin Thomas, uh, he had a, uh, two or three big runs, and they were at key times. And so when those guys get a lot of attention, he's able to slip out of the backfield sometimes. So just really proud of those guys. It's fun to watch when they block for each other, they carry off fakes, and they're just excited for their teammate to get better. And, that, and that's a special special couple guys that do that. You know, when me, you know, watching football, I've always looked at the offensive line as almost a team within a team because those five guys or six, if you had to tie it in, they have to work together. You know, it's different than maybe the other positions out there on the field on offense. So when those guys get working right and helping each other, it the offensive line can just really just set the stage for the offense to have ultimate success. They really do, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I tell every team I've ever had, the offensive line sets the culture for the team. And you hear all this stuff about culture, and you hear Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban. You know, they're two kind of polar opposites and they're about building culture. But to me, in high school football, your offensive line is going to set your team culture. And if they play hard and, and they don't mind uh, getting in there and playing some smash-mouth football, you're going to have a team that does that. And if they're not very physical, I don't think they're going to be very physical as a team. So our guys working together uh, – like you just said, five five guys together working as one and being really physical up front, not blowing assignments, knowing what they're supposed to do. I think it translates to some success for our backs. And talking about your running backs, and I was watching highlights of Jalen Nobles, and I noticed you guys, you'll put them in the quarterback, taking snaps, or even at, line them up at wide receiver, and he's super successful with doing that. Uh, when you have a player 
of his caliber that you can put in different spots on the offense, not just at the one running back spot. Just how much does that open up things for everybody else on the offense? Yeah, I think it's huge. I think it's real, you know, my personal opinion, closed-minded to get a kid that good, that athletic, and just stick him in one spot. I think you got to be creative. And it makes you work a little harder as a coach, but I think it really makes the defense work harder. And when you put him over by himself, um, away from trips or put him in the trips or you put him at quarterback or running back or eventually we'll put him in there at tight end some. We'll move him all over. you got to know where he's at. And those guys are trying to find him, and we're trying to get a good matchup for him. And at the same time, like you just said, it opens up for Rashawn, for our quarterback, for our receivers, and opens our offense up even more. You know, it's pretty easy to put him in the same spot every time. You can kind of see it off on him. But um, we can move him around in the game without changing our personnel and able to move him around. I think it makes it pretty versatile. And Honestly, I think um, it, it helps Jalen as far as the next level. You know, uh, everybody wants to play college football. Well, there's only one running back out there. But, man, there's four receivers. And, then, and now you see the guy, I don't even know his name, I can't remember, for New Orleans that comes in as a backup quarterback and does everything else, H-back, receiver, special teams. It's, the more you can do, um, the more you can do, I guess is what you say. So he, And Jalen does great with that. I mean, he's very coachable. Um, he's a great receiver. He's a great running back. He does a great job at quarterback. He'll block well. Um, he's the guy. If you don't know what you're going to play, and you got picks on your team, pick Jalen because he's probably going to be pretty good at it. And and humble as he does, and that really helps us have some success. Yeah, I think you're talking about uh, Taysom Hill, and I, I, he's everywhere. I mean, I, I saw t- yeah, tonight. No, no. Tonight, first play, he he catches a uh, catches a pass. So it's just amazing, you know, with that with him. Uh, I know uh, in the preseason, in some interviews you did, you talked about your team being a blue collar team. If you didn't mind, uh. When you say that, what do you mean, uh, blue collar? We're, we're just hardworking. You know, Slocum, we're a county school. We're a farming community. Um, and nothing wrong with this either way, but we just don't have a lot of people that wear a tie to work. It's just not who we are. And nothing wrong if you do or, or nothing wrong if you don't. But we just got to – I think the first thing is a football team, you have to know who you really are. Um, and that's not something you can fake. And that's what we are. We're, and Slocum's hardworking uh, folks, and they get after it. And – I tell our kids that we want to be uncommon at the common things. The things that you do every day, we want to be great at those things. You know, the great plays will come and go. Um, we're never going to have – we're not a place where kids uh, constantly are moving in. Um, nobody moves into Slocum usually. Um, so we have who we have. Most of these kids were in school together in elementary school, and, and they just came up together. They played rec ball together, junior high. They played basketball and baseball together. Um, it, it's just more of a, a community. Um, instead of folks coming in and out and, and so that mindset of just we're going to do all those little things right whether it's cleaning up the weight room when we're done um, whether it's staying on my block till when the, when the camera shuts off I still get my hand on my man those type of things just doing those small things really really well things where we're going to have success you know and of course we are doing this interview on us on a Sunday evening but uh, your next opponent is uh, Houston Academy another region game just uh you know it's early in the week I know but just when you look forward to that game what comes to your mind uh the coach riggs has more state championships than i do years as a head coach i believe um that man that coaching staff over there is so good they're veteran style you're not going to trick them um you're not going to show them something they've never seen uh they're they're going to have their kids ready to play uh they can do a multiple uh things they run a two quarterback system they got one quarterback's a bigger kid uh, one quarterback's uh, a little bit smaller and faster um, they're just really good at a lot of things and it comes with experience. And, and that's going back to what I tell our kids. I told them, um, or I will tell them tomorrow when we meet, that I'm not going to out-coach Coach Riggs. I mean, he, he's seen it all, so we just have to out-execute the, the opponents across the field. And, and so they do a good job, and their guys are always ready to play. They play so hard. I think that's what jumps off him the most about HA this year, just how hard those kids play. 
um, during a couple games where they were down big, and you couldn't tell. You know, if you're watching the game, you don't know if they're winning or losing. I think that's a sign of a really disciplined and well-coached team. You know, finally, uh, before I let you go, just, you know, anything else you'd like to mention or just, you know, let the audience know, tell them about uh, uh, Slocum, Slocum football. Uh, just that we're blessed to do this. You know, I tell the kids all the time that the coaching part I do for free, I get paid to do all the other stuff. I, I love working with young people. Um, we've got a great staff at Slocum. Um, the, the coaches there they work really hard. They love the kids. And, and that's what it's all about is, is letting these kids have a, a chance to be great at football and then, then be great in life when it's over. Um, and we just appreciate everybody's support. Appreciate what you do with, with high school sports. I, I think high school sports is where it's at. I think, you know, college and pro, that's fun to watch. But, but high school sports where lives are changed. And so I'm just honored and blessed to get to be a part of it. Uh, so, you know, I've heard that. I hear that often, you know, importance of what is at this level. And uh, uh, it's always cool. And hear the great stories come out of it uh, doing this. This is but my favorite part is just hearing the good stories that come out of athletics in general. Because I think it's, it actually is a very positive, a positive thing. And uh, it's great that we have it out there at this level. And the coach, I do appreciate you taking the time uh, coming on the show this week. I know I, I hit you up on short notice. So I do appreciate no it. Problem. And I do wish uh, you and uh, Slocum Red Tops all the luck rest of the season, and I hope maybe we can catch up before the season's over with. Thanks, Philip. I really appreciate what you do for high school athletics. All right, everybody, let me tell you about this Mini Grinder Coaches Show presented by Dothan Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram. Every Thursday night at 8 o'clock on 96.9 The Legend, Jerry Coleman and Ken Lambert sit down with Coach Mini Grinder, the head coach of the Dothan Wolves, to look back at the previous game and look forward to the upcoming game that Friday night. But don't worry. If you do miss the coaches show on Thursday nights on 96.9 The Legend, you can check out the podcast over on 96.9thelegend.com uploaded immediately after the show. So if you miss any of coaches' comments, you can still check out the replay over at 96.9thelegend.com. Now let's get back to the Wiregrass High School Football Report. Everybody joining me next on the Wiregrass High School Football Report is Jerry Coleman, Dothan Wolves play-by-play on 96.9 The Legend. And uh, Jerry, uh, of course, we we did a broadcast on Friday night. It's always good to have you on the show. We can kind of dive deeper into what's going on at Dothan Wolves, but I do appreciate you taking time coming on the show. Oh, anytime. Love to love to sit down and talk football with you, Philip, as always. Oh yeah, and uh, you know I've had you and Ken on a couple times during the off season. So, uh, and d- doing the coaches show on every Thursday night, people can check that out at eight PM on I six point nine The Legend as well. And so, I guess you know, just kind of just jumping off here. I mean, it's it has been a tough start for the Wolves coming out zero and three, which the first loss is the forfeit because of the COVID cancellation of the Park Crossing game. Then you had the Enterprise and the Auburn losses. So, really, you know, it, it, you know, call it what it is. It's a tough way to kind of start out the season if you're a supporter or anything with the Dothan Wolves right now. Yeah, it is, uh, Phillip, starting out 0-3 right now. And, and right in the middle of your schedule or the start of your schedule, you open up with a regional play. And, and I think seeing Auburn and Enterprise, I think those – from what I've seen on film, are the top two teams in Region 2 in 7A. So, uh, you know, going forward, but it doesn't get any better. I mean, yeah. this, this week we travel to Prattville, in Prattville, uh, and then we've got uh, two more home games against Georgia schools. And then we pick 
play uh, with uh, with Phoenix City. But yeah, the road does not get any easier. And then uh, with the Wolves scheduling Cockwood County to come in uh, on that off week, it's it's nine straight weeks of football. So there is no no off break. But uh, I think really those those two weeks of uh, COVID break really hurt uh, the Wolves. Uh, you know, you, you're getting ready uh, to, to travel to Hoover to play. Then, then it got canceled due to a player getting COVID, and then there was no practice, no workouts, no watching uh, nutrition, and then you come back and you've got to get ready for game week. So I think those two weeks really put the Wolves uh, kind of in the back of the end zone starting out the season. Yeah, we've talked about, me, you, and Ken have talked about that, you know, an all-fair conversation, and that whole thing where they had to stop, you know, you're getting ready, you're ramping up for the season, and then, like you said, you just stop for 10 days. If you, you know, I feel like even building up to a season, there's a level of momentum. You're getting you're getting geared up for the start of the season. So when you just have to halt it like that, I can see where that could, you know, not I'm not trying to make you know, any excuses here, but where that can have an impact on your team as you kick off the season. Yeah, you know, during, during those practice times, too, you know, they, they have workouts, practice workouts, but they also have weightlifting and still some of that, that conditioning. And, uh, you know, I really think uh, it put them back versus you take uh, Enterprise and Auburn. Couldn't stop. I mean, they, they didn't stop at all. Uh, kept practicing, getting ready. Uh, for that, but I mean, like I said, it, it's not an excuse, and they, I think Coach Grider even said, you know, it's just not an excuse. But you've got to find a way now to accelerate um, the process that he has uh, to keep on moving and, and just getting ready for Pratt Lions game this week. Uh, you know, first travel game. You know, in the first two games you look at, I mean, you look at the scores, you see 42-13, 43-13, but I don't, I always look at, I mean, you can't always look at a box score. Box score does not always tell the story of a football game. And when you look at both games, they were within reach at halftime. 14-7 to against Enterprise, and Enterprise didn't pull away till late in the third quarter. And then you had, at halftime against Auburn, it was 15-6, to but, I mean, Auburn took a lot of momentum, I believe, going into halftime because they hit that big pass play with 10 seconds left to go up 15-6. to six. It was actually 8-6. to six. So Dothan was in good spots. And I believe the defense played from, you know, judging by you and Ken's broadcast on Friday, defense played well. And then there was just, you know, some things did go against them. So I think if you're looking at Coach Grider, and, you know, I'll be interested on Thursday night what he does say on the coaches show, but – there's still positives there. You know you can play with teams. It's just I think coming out in the third quarter is going could be a key thing for the Dothan Wolves on Friday night against Prattville. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, Auburn, hats off to the Auburn coach. I mean, they had used no timeouts in the first half. Uh, and right when uh, I think there's probably two minutes and 32 seconds left for the half, each play, uh, Auburn called a timeout. So they got the ball back uh, with on their side of the field. And three pass plays later, short passes, they're in the end zone to take, like you said, that momentum in, into the halftime. Even though Dothan did get the ball the first uh, – uh, received the ball at the beginning of the second half, you know, it was it was three and out, three and out. And um, offensive, you've got to do something. We could tell it 
from the broadcast booth that uh, defense was on the field long time Friday night, and and you could tell it. And and I can't remember Philip if that was the same situation at Enterprise, but you could really tell it uh, Friday night against Auburn that uh, defense was definitely on the field, and and really uh, conditioning showed itself. So uh, so that's not my coach Crowder will be working on this week uh, to uh, to get prepared to go to go to Prattville. Yeah, because I was looking, I was just doing some figuring on Saturday, and the the third quarter is thirty four to six. Uh, the opponents have scored thirty four points there, so it's like we know Dothan should you know any time they're on the field, it's going to be close at halftime. I think that third quarter might be a key thing, and just for them, and, and you know on Friday night too, we kind of stay on the defense side of things. They made plays. I mean, they caused several turnovers against against Auburn. So, you know, and, and that's there, too. So, like, that's another thing. I think a lot of things, too, yeah, you, you know, some people may just look at the score, but I do think you can – these first two weeks you can take, you know, repeating myself here, but uh, positive. They are causing turnovers, and they did cause some turnovers against Auburn. I just, just the key is you, you just got to capitalize. Yeah, and that's one thing that I took away. You know, one of my keys to the game in pregame was defense. Mm-hmm. Auburn comes in with a very strong defensive team, and we knew that game. Uh, in the first three games, I believe they played, gave it very few points, stayed off the field, uh, gave Caldwell, their, their quarterback at Auburn, a lot of time to uh, to score points. But uh, And I think uh, every game, even up to Dothan, they, they created a safety. So uh, that lets you know right then they're going to put the pressure on you they're going to put folks in the box, and uh, they're, going to, they're going to make you move the football on them on the ground and really give you very little time, if any, for a quarterback to get in the pocket and find somebody open. Yeah, their quarterback and their offense was, was pretty – when they weren't turning the ball over, they sounded they were pretty efficient, and especially their quarterback position mm-hmm. with Auburn. You know, going into this Friday, of course, they will go through Prattville, the first road game of the season. And that's always interesting. And, you know, you, sometimes you can see a team that maybe has struggled out of the gates, go on the road. Then there's a little bit more – it's like a business trip almost in any level, football, high school, college, professional. And then you could see a different team, different mindset maybe. But this Prattville team, there are one losses to Auburn. They lost 22-0 to the week before last. But they are 3-1 and one and 1-1 one and one in region play. And in their wins, they've just given up 23 points against Wetumpka, Stanhope, and Smith Station. So going into this one, this is another game where Dothan's staring at a pretty solid defense in the Prattville lines. Yeah, and that's, and that's one thing – we thought coming into the season uh, with with the key players coming back uh, on offense, you had you know had Byer Sharp coming coming back, played a little bit last year, uh, but didn't start. So you know, got his feet up on him right against Enterprise. But had a lot of skilled receivers. You got a four star running back come back in Jalen White, at running back position, and then the wideout. So, but you did have to replace uh, five starting offensive linemen. But you had other five new new offensive linemen. Three of them got a lot of playing time last year. And that's one thing Coach Grider does. He gets a lot of kids in the game, gets a lot of more experience coming in. And that's one thing we're seeing right now is I think he's trying to still work on I need my I need to figure out who my top eleven is going to be. Mm-hmm. And even like you said, the third quarter where a lot of 
points have been scored, we're seeing a lot of kids playing uh, throughout the game, um, especially on defense. And, and I think uh, Friday night against Auburn, we, we used four different running backs. And uh, so uh, I think he's uh, working out on how, let's see who the level is going to be. And, and, it's, and it could be a combination of a few things. But, uh, but yeah, another, another nail-biter. Uh, let's hope for four quarters instead of just two quarters uh, as, as Delton travels to Prattville. Yeah, and you talk about offensive line, and that's a, that, I've always thought offensive line is a team within the team. Them five guys on on the line have to find a sense of you know consistency with within each other. They have, to, I mean, because it's not just one guy individually going out there doing his job. Because a lot of times on offensive line, you've got to cover for your guy next to you too. So, and a lot of times that takes some reps together to get used to each other. So. You would think that's also one thing throughout the year. That's just going to get better. Once those four players are used to each other, playing next to each other, that should get better. And, you know, and talking about Prattville, you know, looking at quarterbacks, and I'm probably about to completely mess up uh, the kid's name. <laughs> that's the quarterback at Prattville. Yeah. But EJ Usley on, on Friday night and their win against Smith Station, he had three touchdown passes and hit three different receivers there. So when you look at the Dothan defense, you know, from what I've read on Prattville, they're a team that's going to come out and they have several different guys that can get the ball. And the quarterback is pretty solid there, too. So kind of another week you're going to get. I mean, it's 7A. You're, you're used to it. This is what it's going to be. It's like going in the uh, in college football the SEC every week. But uh, that's going to be interesting, too, how, for me, how Dothan goes about going at those uh, skill players that the Prattville Lions do possess. Yeah, and, and Prattville brings, uh, you know, when you look at the key players, I'm going to say Friday, last Friday night against Auburn, I mean, you had, you know, five or six, seven on both sides of the ball. Um, in Prattville, they are, their strength, I believe, is their offense. Um, so you really only see, and I'm not talking about we're going up against a team that has another or, or slew of three or four star uh, recruits, uh, but uh, but their strength is going to be, uh, from what we've seen far offensively at Prattville. So, you know, I think it's going to be a good battle. I think, you know, if we can get the defense do some three and outs, get the offense, move the chains a little bit. It, it'll be an interesting ball game Friday night. Yeah, it will be, and I'm I'm intrigued to see how the game goes, and I um, can't wait to Friday night. Of course, going on the road for the first time, uh, the Dothan Wolves. So it will be interesting. Uh, as we are, you know, we're going into week three for the Dothan, but this is week five in the area of teams playing high school football. Do you have any just, you know, overall thoughts so far uh, on the season? Well, you know, right now, uh, I'll continue because I think Auburn and and Enterprise are probably right now the the top uh, strong teams in the region. Uh, You know, and like you said, it's 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 week five, Mm -hmm. and so uh, I I do see them as one and two. Anxious to see that matchup when they play each other, Uh, but uh, you know, it could could be a coin toss with I think the number three, number four in the region. Um, hopefully Dothan's in that mix uh, and uh, you know Smith Station, Jeff Davis and uh, and Central Phoenix City 
Yeah, absolutely. And everybody listening out there, you can check it out on 96.9 The Legend on Friday night. Of course, we'll kick off pregame at 645, and then kickoff will be at 7. And if you don't have a radio, just download the app on your mobile device. And Jerry, as always, I do appreciate the extra time uh, when you come on the show couple times during the season and talk about all things Dothan Wolves and high school football in the Wiregrass and the people out there uh, is there anywhere they can catch you online if they want to follow you yeah we've got our, our Twitter, Twitter kind of D Wolves lowercase radio that's uh, D Wolves uh, lowercase uh, Wolves uh, radio D Wolves lowercase radio yep so uh, that's our Twitter page uh, Keep up with me and Ken. We'd love to hear from you. And we try to post uh, pictures, especially around pregame when we get to the stadium and watch both teams uh, kind of uh, warm up. We like to put pictures on that page and kind of let you see what the environment is uh, before we get the pregame kicked off at 645 each Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Jerry, uh, I'll talk to you later in the week. I, again, appreciate the time and uh, – uh, Talk to you later in the week when we do the coaches' show and uh, do the ball game on Friday night. Always enjoy it. Thank you, Philip. All right, and that's going to do it for the show this week. Once again, thanks to Slocum head coach Richard Tisdale and Jerry Coleman from 96.9 The Legend for being on this week's podcast. Great conversations with both. Hope you enjoy them. Uh, if you did, let me know on Apple Podcasts. Please leave a review. Also, subscribe and rate the show as well. You can also check the podcast out on the Google Play Store. Or you can also download the 96.9, 95.5, and 106.7 KMX apps. Podcast is there as well. Very easy to find. Upload the app. Podcast right down at the bottom. You can follow me on social media at PJordanSCC. And you can always email me at sportstalkphilipjordan at gmail. Dot com. Make sure to check out this Smitty Grider Coaches Show this Thursday at 8 o'clock. Of course, you can listen to the podcast replay edition on 96.9 thelegend.com. And also, if you missed the game or you want to relive any of the games, we're also putting together each week the Dothan Wolves football replay, which is a condensed version of the po- of the show, excuse me, of about 15 minutes. Get you through and uh, get you some highlights from the previous game from the Dothan Wolves. Anyway, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I will be back next week with more great high school football talk here in the Wiregrass. Hope everybody has a great week. Be good to each other. Treat each other well. Till next time. Bye-bye.